0: Icarus Audiobooks presents The Gloomy Room by Nicholas Prince, read by George Liddington.
1: Our story begins in the quiet American town of Helston Hill. With its little brook and charming colonial houses, it was perhaps not unlike the very town that you reside in. Lives were lived and fears were feared. But the people of Helston Hill were mostly happy, for the most part. That was until she arrived. I'm
0: going to change that in post. Okay.
1: At the very top of Helston Hill sat Helston House. A structure doomed from the start. Built from the wood taken from the hangman's gallows, it perched at the summit like a twisted gargoyle. The people knew to leave it well alone. Again, like a gargoyle. And then, on All Hallows' Eve, a sign appeared in the overgrown garden. The The townsfolk could not believe their eyes. The townsfolk could not believe their eyes. Someone had bought Helston House. Who could be so foolhardy? A vegetarian? Obviously, it was much worse than that. And they soon found out that the devil had come to roost in Helston. Enter William Duke, author, word user, cash solvent, recently divorced, here to finish his magnum opus, a post-apocalyptic children's book about a beige dog. He checked his phone, saw there were no new messages and walked into the bar.
0: Did you want me to do an American accent? Can, can you do an American accent? I can do an Armenian accent. Speak normally, I'll run it through a filter. Okay.
1: Evening, barkeep. I'm looking for a place to stay, said William. And I only need a single room, for I am recently divorced. Well, sir, I'm afraid you won't find anywhere to stay tonight, said the barkeeper. The town is full for the pumpkin patch parade this week, where all the local children descend into the streets to frolic with pumpkins, he added. William frowned. Generally speaking, he hated local customs. I desperately need somewhere to stay to finish my work. I heard a new guest house that just opened. William still had most of his life ahead of him. He was young and ready to write. But he was suffering from terrible writer's block. The barkeeper coughed anxiously as William said this.
0: Hold on, I've got a brilliant cough on the desk. Uh, Do it again and I'll put it through.
1: Will do. I desperately need somewhere to stay.
0: I heard a new guest house that just opened.
1: (laughs) The barkeeper coughed anxiously as William said this. You don't mean... He began, taking a dramatic pause to allow a peal of lightning to crack. Helston House Hotel? You wouldn't recommend it? Asked William. No, even for its five-star splendor, renovated rooms, 24-hour bar, spa and gym, boutique shopping experiences and dinner theatre, starring none other than Scottish-American actor, singer and dancer John Barrowman bellowed the barkeeper. Why not? Press William. His hands clenched into fists as he remembered a troubling incident from his childhood. We don't speak of it, but there is a dark and foreboding reason. You see, they wouldn't let me perform my racially charged mime on open mic nights. And it's
0: run by Satan.
1: And so, William Duke, divorced author, jilted lover... Sentence doer an all-round top guy, found himself at the crooked door of Helston House Hotel. He spied the sign, arched, blood-red letters on a board as black as Barbara's heart, which read, vacancy, and then in brackets, single room. Author preferred. Proprietor, Mrs. Claridge. This last line was misspelled so badly as to read, Abaddon the World Eater. He swung the door knocker three times. <laughs> The door was opened by a bizarre, impish creature with deep red skin and twisted limbs. It was Thursday, however, so that was quite ordinary. At the counter, an elderly woman sat, knitting a long, red scarf. William approached the desk. Strangely, there was no computer. Instead, there was a big, old-fashioned book covered in dark leather, which seemed like a relic of a bygone age. Also, it was 1962.
0: I thought he checked his phone earlier. We're not paid to editorialise, George.
1: Hmm. The old woman beckoned William over with a wave of her knitting. I hear you have room, said William, approaching the desk and smiling. The old woman spoke oh, in tongues I in I a deep, that rasping voice, horrible. then stopped and apologised. I apologise, she began. I forget these modern languages so easily. yes. I have a room just perfect for you. Excellent, said William. How much a night? The old woman cackled menacingly. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm working on that.
1: I don't want your money,
0: she screeched.
1: Communist, spat William. You pay in quite a different way here, Mr William Duke, said Mrs Carriage, handing him, handing him a key. William gasped. How did she know his favourite key colour was baby blue? But before he could ask, the old woman disappeared in a puff of sulphur. William headed upstairs. The light flickered and the wooden steps creaked. A paltry landing led on... A poultry landing led out... A paltry landing led onto a dark corridor. At the very end, a distant door. His room. Hey. William walked down the corridor. All the other doors were locked shut. Somewhere, a trainee pumpkin grower screamed. He put the key in the lock and swung the door open. A tidal wave of metallic tasting blood rushed outwards, knocking William to his feet and soiling his tracksuit. Now he would have to get it dry cleaned. Bother, he said. Why, well, I remember, you couldn't take my dinner trousers to the cleaner if you got a chance, Ian, could you?
0: Minutes of studio time left, George.
1: <clears throat> he went inside. The room was small, with mustard-coloured walls and mustard-coloured carpet. There was a smell in the air. It might have been mustard. Candles burnt on the desk. A kettle sat in the corner next to a jug of sour milk. I hate you! said the milk. There wasn't much light. Indeed, the room was gloomy. William placed his typewriter on the desk and loaded it with paper. The typebars rattled like the bony ribs of his tre- 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 The type bars rattled like the bony ribs of his treacherous ex-wife Barbara. He sat and placed his fingers on the keys. Gloomy shadows swirled around his hands. A sudden rush of energy flowed out of him onto the page like a cracked egg. He was the creator. He felt powerful. He began. The story leapt forwards. The story, the story leapt forwards, rich with stunning twists and beautiful imagery. In one chapter alone, the beige dog was double-crossed, murdered, brought back to life, murdered a second time, and involved in a sordid affair with a puce hen. <laughs> William wrote late into the gloomy night, and all the while the gloomy room got gloomier.
0: You wouldn't guess it was called the gloomy room, would you? Well, quite.
1: He woke up suddenly the next morning at his desk. Light shone through the window into the gloomy room. On the desk beside him, a pile of freshly baked chapters. He stretched and stood up. That had truly been the best night's work he had ever done. He found himself wondering what Mrs Clarence had meant by paying in a different way as he opened his bedroom dwarf, his bedroom door, bedroom door, The corridor was dark as night. All the doors were closed. The light from his window cast his shadow outwards. A little girl stood between him and the stairs. William froze. She had long, dark hair that framed her face and a pale blue dress. She slowly smiled, her grin stretching unnaturally far, showing hundreds of sharp white teeth. William felt his heart racing. The little girl jumped the length of the corridor in one bound, her head spinning around and around. William screamed in fear as the demon girl flew at him.
0: Give it a shot, then. Must I? Go on, they should get what they pay for.
1: Uh, Haven't you got one on the desk?
0: That's the
1: stuff. William screamed in fear as the demon girl flew at him. Room service! The little girl boomed. William put his hand to his heart. Oh, okay, yes, please. He stopped and gave the girl a worried look. But no milk, please, he added, as sick poured from her lips into a dainty china jug. The town of Helston Hill. William had been drawn to it. He wasn't sure why. He just needed to get away. The hill in question stretched down before him. He strolled down Main Street, passing dozens of strange-looking antique shops. A raven... Flew overhead. By the brook, a water wheel turned, powering the pumpkin mine. He looked back up at Helston House Hotel. A great storm cloud sat above the hotel, dripping turgid raindrops of freezing liquid onto the miserable building, like a torrent of dead goat spit or the bitter tears of the lonely divorcee. A happy young couple passed him on a tandem bicycle. William let out a long, hollow laugh. He knew it wouldn't be long until their tandem rusted, the oxide cutting into the hearts of their relationship and their relationship's heart. He knew he didn't need anyone anymore. All he needed was his writing. As he walked back to the hotel, he saw an old man hobbling down the hill. He hated the old. They reminded him that everything came to an end, even endings. And the end of life was the ultimate end, an end to his ends, but also an end to experience, and thus everything.
0: The end. Turn the page. Sorry? Turn over, George. Uh, Oh, oh, the end. The end
1: was always the hardest part. Back in the lobby of the hotel, William met his wizened hostess once more. As she knitted, the wool writhed around like soft snakes made of wool. I see your writing went well, Mr William Duke said mrs claridge yes the room is just perfect how did you know he said i see everything that goes on in my hotel she said william blushed did did you see the devil makes work for idle hands she screeched a man can paint his nails black if he wants william gasped rushing up to his room He sat at his desk and loaded another sheet of paper into his typewriter. He would show them. He would show them all. He began to write and he wrote like a demon. By noon of the next day, William had almost finished the book. He had written for hours and hours. The room was gloomier still and he felt exhausted. More exhausted than he had ever felt before. The writing had really taken it out of him. He rubbed his stinging eyes. It didn't matter. It was doubtlessly his very best work. Is that irony or what? It was doubtlessly his very best work. No one had ever written anything like it.
0: Yeah, you can say that again.
1: He only had two words left. The end. But he couldn't bring himself to type them. The room was becoming oppressive. He needed to get clear. And then he heard a sound. He threw open his curtains... Out in the roads below, the pumpkin patch parade had begun. Curious, he left his room. It took him much longer than usual to get down the stairs. His knees hurt. The reception wasn't manned. He moved out onto the street. The children danced by, full of youth and dripping with pumpkin innards. Over the road, the barkeeper performed his mime and was pelted with pumpkin seeds. William reached down to pick up a lump of flesh to throw. He felt his back click. He stood up suddenly in pain, then fell backwards onto his behind. The children pointed and laughed. Get a grip, old timer, said the elderly man he had seen yesterday, prodding William's nostrils with a pumpkin-flavoured pastry. William pulled himself to his feet. He knew something wasn't right. The storm cloud that always seemed to hang over Helston Hill Hotel rattled with thunder and burst into heavy rain. The children ran for cover as the icy water chilled their pumpkin-soaked limbs and faces. William dragged himself inside. He couldn't see Mrs. Claridge and hobbled upstairs. He couldn't see her, but he could hear her distant, cruel laughter. Well done, ta. He rushed into his room as fast as his stiff knees could take him. He fell into the bathroom, slipping on his pumpkiny shoes. He stood there. In the mirror, an old man looked back at him. He felt his heart skip a beat. It burned with pain. He had become old! He stumbled out of his room, crashing into the door that sat perpendicular to his. He gasped in shock. Inside, an artist painting the most stunning pictures he had ever seen. But she had no watercolours, with tears of pain in her eyes. She dipped the brush into an open wound on her arm and finished... "'finished colouring the red skin of a demon. "'The terrible cream, the terrible scream of a tortured soul, "'filled the room. "'Help me!' she gasped. "'Help me!' he said. "'I asked first. she said, as her arm continued to paint without her. "'William stepped backwards. "'The other doors were thrown open by an invisible force. "'William saw a chess player winning chess matches against the imp, "'being forced to eat the pieces he took, "'and the pieces were made of matches and stuck splinters in his lips.' He saw a fat man dressing a thin man. He saw a dead gardener. He tumbled down the stairs and gasped in pain as he felt his old brittle bones breaking. He dragged himself to the front door and felt like his heart was about to burst. He pushed it open. Suddenly he was back in his room. Standing by his desk was the old woman. Finish the book, she yelled. No, he said. Finish the book, she said again, deeper. Oh, deeper. Finish the book. William struggled to his feet. Resting heavily on the desk, he reached out and typed the final words.
0: But why is he doing this? It's quite obviously going to finish him off. We have to lock up in a minute and I need to upload the file. Can we just... Yes, yes. Keep your hair on. T H E E
1: N D.
0: What's theme? the end George.
1: Oops yes sorry 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 old chap and as William Duke typed those final two words his broken heart broke again shattering into pieces Barbara you harpy he gasped as the devil took his soul his book went on to be a bestseller and of course because the divorce wasn't finalised all the money went to her his next of kin, the bloody she-beast. The last thing William thought about as he expired on the floor is what Miss Clare, Mrs. Claridge had said. You pay in quite a different way here. And he had paid. He had lost his life in the gloomy room.
0: Then okay then? Yeah, I expect that'll do. The book really was something, wasn't it? You can tell it's self-published. I thought it was brilliant. We do more of this sort of thing. Horror and fantasy and stuff. Cost double. Unusual sound effects we can charge more. You've got the fee already, I presume. Good-o. Uh, now, Ian, you will
1: edit it this time, won't you?
0: That was The Gloomy Room by Nicholas Prince. Read by George Liddington. Ian Icarus was the producer for Icarus Audiobooks. Follow us on Twitter at Icarus Audiobooks, where this week one lucky follower will win incomplete list of numbers 1 to 100. Icarus Audiobooks. We fly too close to the fun.